Episode 119, Owl Your Marriage Part 2, Dreams and Connection. Welcome to the First Year Married Podcast, where we get real about building the marriage of your dreams. I'm marriage coach Kayla Levin, and I take newly married and engaged women from anxious and insecure to confident and connected through practical tips, real-life inspiration, and more than a little self-awareness along the way. Hi, my friends. Welcome back again. I'm so happy to be back here after my little summer break there, and I hope that you're doing really well. I love this time of year. I think that whether we're in LO mode, I love when LO like really lines up with back to school. As I mentioned in the last couple episodes, for those of you who don't know, LO is the month where we are preparing for the new year for Rosh Hashanah, right? So it has this vibe of introspection and accounting and also that similar to that back to school, right? You got all the fresh notebooks and you're like, they're all going to be neat. This is, all my notes will be neat this year. I'm going to fill this math textbook. I, I'm going to get all the problems, right? Like just that energy of like, it's. I'm going to do it all. I'm going to be able to manage it all. And that's the piece that I really want to talk about today. How we can harness and how we can examine and how we can use that imagination part of us that can dream and think big and feel unlimited without burning ourselves out, without going into a shame spiral that we don't achieve that kind of thing, right? How do we sort of enjoy that pleasure of of big thinking without having to pay a price for it later? We are going to go very much into dreamland today. I do want to go there. And just to sort of show us where we are in this process, part one was last week. So if you haven't listened to that, I actually recommend that you go listen to that first. Last week, we talked about taken accounting. So maybe not quite as fun as this episode is going to be, but a really, really important place to start. I have to know, I don't know where I first heard this metaphor, but it's so fabulous. Like if I have a GPS, I could have the best GPS on the planet, but if it doesn't actually know where I am right now, it doesn't matter how good the directions are. Right. And that's what last week was. Last week was let me just figure out exactly where I am as as well as I can. And I gave you a workbook for that, which I really tried with the workbook to keep it so simple and so doable. Right. It's only two pages of, of questions for you to fill out. Of course, you can take that and go longer. But these little we always think, right, we always think that if, if I only just I need to put aside three hours for real introspection to make a difference. And the truth is, no, like if you answer two of those questions, You will be a completely different person in your marriage in terms of your ability to understand where you are right now than if you don't do anything. It takes actually really small things. It doesn't take really big things, right? So you always want to catch yourself, whether that's your lower brain or your Yetzirah, right? Like what's holding you back there is often that like that perfectionist desire to do so much that we just stop. So I'm going to also try and do the same thing again today. How do we make this very realistic, very doable, but we just get to have a little more fun because we're talking about the dream side now. Now that I know where I am, now I get to decide what I'm going to put into the GPS for where I want to go. So most of you have an idea, have some kind of thoughts about what you would like your marriage to look like. I want you to be careful not to go into what you thought marriage would look like. That 
line of thinking often gets us into victim mode, there's some kind of tinge of victimization with it. Like, I thought it would be like this. Usually isn't. Right? So what? But who are you now is a very different person than you were when you got engaged or when you were dating. You are a very different person. And so as you are now with what you know now, what do you dream you want your marriage to be like? I'm going to help you with that a little bit more as we go forward, but I want to take a second to talk about a resistance that I often see to dreaming big with our marriage. So one part is what we talked about last week. As soon as I started to dream big, I could go into blame mode. Well, I, you know, I'd love to be that loving, giving wife, but like he needs to stop being such a jerk all the time, right? Like we just, it goes just, just smooth, like such a smooth flow right into blaming him and taking no responsibility. Yeah. So hopefully last week we addressed a lot of that. But the other one is the victim piece. You know, I don't want to dream big because I can't have it. I don't think I can have it. And what we're going to be talking about today is how you can dream within the realm of what you absolutely can have. And that's so much more than your brain will ever want you to take credit for. Your brain will only want to see the things that, well, I think that if he did this, then I could have the marriage that I want. And so I'm just going to be stuck there. I'll just be stuck mentally resisting that he's not doing that. And then I just sort of like, you know, put on my horse blinders and I don't see all the things that I absolutely have control over, that I absolutely can change, that I absolutely can feel differently about. The resistance can come either from immediately going into blame or, which these really are kind of two sides of the same coin, right? Going into blame, which is that he's not doing it right, or going into victimization, which is he's not doing it right. So I can't have it. You just know the difference because one feels like annoyance and frustration and the other one feels like heartbreak or hurt, right? So that's how you know kind of which one of those you're going into. Dreamland doesn't have those feelings. <laughs> you're off track if you went there. Come back. Come back to your upper brain. Come back to the part of you that can have some confidence. Just borrow my confidence in you if you need to for right now. I know you can do this because I keep watching so many women turn their experience of their marriage around and I've never met any of the husbands. <laughs> and and it's they've never turned around their marriage because their husband changed. That's never what's happened, right? And they they and in the beginning they feel either in blame or in victimization. And then when they work on it and when they take off the horse blinders and they look at the huge expanse of things that are completely within their control, which is ninety percent their own minds, they have a completely different marriage, and that's all it took, right? I'm not saying it's easy, but it is pretty simple. So just know that I totally believe that you can do this work. I totally believe that you can experience whatever marriage you want to experience, unless you are in one that is actually abusive or there is an active addiction or there is a mental health issue that is completely off the charts and not getting any treatment. I don't mean mild depression. All right. So I want you to take an area that you are feeling frequently resentful or frustrated or hurt. And I want you to imagine how you would want to feel about that situation. If you're like most of the people I work with, you get stuck at neutral, right? Like when he says to me that I could have gone grocery shopping the day before and that that would have been better, I wish it just didn't bother me is what it sounds like, right? We hope for neutral. This is a, a your flexibility test for how much your brain is going to let you go. How do you actually want to feel about those things? Because most of us don't, as little girls, dream of feeling neutral about our husbands. 
<laughs> Prince Charming, he just evokes nothing. He's so dreamy, right? Like, no, this is not at all what we're looking for. And the truth is that 90% of the time, I, I mean, really, I haven't experienced the other 10%. The things that feel so solidly not acceptable and not okay can sometimes also be the thing where you're like, like I always say, that's my guy. Always looking for ways to perfect the system. That's him. He wants me to know if I went shopping the day before. Gotta love him. <laughs> it's like an engineer in all areas of life, right? That could be the way you see that. It's completely available, actually. Like you could actually just make that switch right now. That's entirely possible for some of you. Some of you will. Right? So check on your brain on those areas. Are you, are you, is your brain ready to go there? Or is your brain like, no, 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 no. I don't want to, I, I would just be like brainwashing myself. I can't, that's not even true. I don't even think that. It's just good to know. It's good to know to have that little test. Your main limitation will always, always be your own beliefs. I'm going to say it again. Your main limitation will always be your own beliefs. Yes. Could he do things a little differently? Yes. Would it be easier if you had a bit more money? Maybe. Could your communication improve? Possibly. Does any of that have a fraction of the effect of you working on your belief? No. So that's always where you want to be putting your energy. And when your brain veers off and is hyper-focused on what he should be doing differently or your life circumstances or what makes it so difficult, be like, stop, come back. Do I think I can do this? Do I think I can have a really phenomenal marriage? Or does that just sound audacious? Do I believe that it's possible for me to have like pretty much the best marriage out there? I always say to my clients, that, that's always my thought. I'm like, we're, we're better at this than basically the whole planet. <laughs> Why not? Why not think that? You can think whatever you want. There's no thought police that's going to come and be like, that's inappropriate for you to think that. That's not fair. It's not even true. I checked on my survey. Other people have better marriages than you. You could totally think that if you want. You could have something that's an annoyance. That's kind of like one of those daily annoyances that's been building up some frustration. And you could be like, that is exactly what an amazing marriage looks like. The husband does that thing. That's, that's called, this is the definition, amazing marriage. Now, am I saying this because then you go, okay, I guess I won't say anything to him. I guess I'll just let him do it. I guess I'll never solve for this problem. No, this is what most people think is happening. When I work on my thoughts, they think that what I'm saying is then you just have to give up on everything and you can never change anything. And I think it's really hilarious <laughs> that we think that. I've done it too, so I am 100% here with you. But it's so hilarious that we do that because the truth is that when you're sitting there going, oh, he shouldn't do that. Oh, that's so frustrating. Oh, that's so annoying. You have zero good ideas about this problem. None. You are not solving the problem. You are not fixing it because you're labeling a very big problem and it shouldn't be happening. And so your brain is frozen. I know that because when we think things shouldn't be happening, our brains don't know what to do. They're like a website reloading. Like I just, I'm spinning. Because it shouldn't be happening and I'm watching it happen and I'm just system shut down. <laughs> I'm confused. But I'll put a, put a lot of negative emotional energy into it in the meantime while I don't figure out any solutions. That's what happens when you're thinking this shouldn't be happening. The, the solution isn't to think, well, this should be happening. My, my husband should always 
leave all of his dirty dishes around the house every day. That should be happening and I should just be fine with that. That's never, ever what I've ever said. Okay. What am I saying is that I can look at the dirty dishes and I could be like, A, I could be like, okay, when you marry an absent-minded professor, you get an absent-minded professor. I mean, that's kind of what I'm working with. How do you get an absent-minded professor to clean up after himself? Here's a new game on the block. Okay, now I have curiosity, I have love, I have endearment, I have all sorts of positive emotions about that dirty plate, and I am a whole lot more likely to actually have some effect on him potentially one day not leaving a dirty plate. Not that he's actually in your control, just to make sure that's clear. He might absolutely never, ever clean a dirty plate. That's possible because he's a human being and he's not under your domain or control, right? But I can collaborate, I can brainstorm, I can be creative when that's where I am emotionally because of the way that I'm thinking. I could look at the dirty plate and instead of going, oh, this is the pattern, this is what always happens, he always does this, which is just another version of he shouldn't do this. I could look at the dirty plate and be like, well, this is interesting. How come this is happening? Okay, there's so many options. There's so many options for you to open yourself up to solutions, but it's never in resisting what he's doing. It's never in resisting it as if it shouldn't be happening. Of course it should be happening. Did you know that he's supposed to annoy you sometimes? <laughs> By the way, we can ask him, you probably annoy him too, occasionally. I don't know why I'm being so ridiculous on the podcast this week, but hopefully you're up for it. Okay. What main emotions do you want to feel in your marriage? What stories are you ready to say goodbye to because they just get you stuck? I just gave you some examples. Also, this is Elo. This is when you can daven, when you can pray for what you want, right? Like if you want to be healthy next year, you don't pray for mediocre health, <laughs> right? You're not like, I don't care if I'm sick all year. Just, I don't, I just don't want to die. That's not what we pray for. Like, I want to be healthy. I want all the health, right? And I want all the shalom bias. I want all the, the, the good parents. I want all the things, right? So another way of working on your beliefs is to remember that it's not actually up to you. You get to daven for what you can dream for, but if you can't even dream for it, you don't even know what to ask for. Don't daven to feel neutral towards your husband, <laughs> right? Again, that's not Prince Charming. Dreams are only painful when we don't think we can have them, okay? So if you start to see yourself going into dreams and you immediately feel pain, I want you to just stop and be like, oh, that was my brain saying I can't have it. That wasn't actually a, a reading. None of you are psychic. It's not like you had a dream and then your psychic ability kicked in and was like, oh, that won't be happening in the future. <laughs> that didn't happen. I mean, I don't know if any of you are psychic. Please email me if you are, but that'd be cool. But as far as I know, most of you are not, right? Which means that you have the thought, you have a dream and you start to get excited and then you have that crushing feeling of I'm never going to have that. That was arbitrary. You made that up. That was just a thought that went through your head. Right? And when that thought makes you feel crushed, then you stop pursuing the dream and guess what? You don't get it. 
Okay. So because it hurts when we have that little crash down feeling, for those of you who have experienced this, I'm sure that's a lot of you, because it hurts, we think it's true. I want you to know it's not true. It hurts because it's a hurtful thought. That's the end of the story. That's it. So I always want you to question that. How in the world do I think I know what I can or can't have? I was never elected to the position of person who decides who can have what. I don't know about you. I was not elected to that position. I don't have that authority. I don't get to decide who gets what in this world. So when you start to tell yourself what you can have, what you're capable of, what your marriage is capable of, I personally would just say like, why in the world do I think I know? I don't know. I'm just making this up and it feels terrible and it's keeping me from showing up in my marriage. Maybe I should try something else. I also want you to dream about what kind of wife you want to be. And this is a really fascinating one. So I'm dreaming about what kind of wife I want to be. And I immediately create a laundry list of everything in my sort of photoshopped version of a perfect woman. That's really good to know that that's what your brain does. But I find that if we really get in touch with our true values and our true goals, they don't usually overwhelm us. They inspire us. So if you start listing off an impossible list and you start dreaming about what kind of wife you want to be, I want you to stop and consider, wait a second, what do I really believe in? I had this conversation with my 10-year-old this morning. She's so yummy. And she couldn't find her camp shirt. And I was trying to explain to her, not in the most patient way possible, unfortunately, that her system for the way she's dealing with her clothing doesn't work (laughs) and it needs to change. And she was feeling really sort of like down and, you know, she was disappointed in herself. And I went over to her later and I said to her, you know, after 120 years, your laundry system is not one of the questions they're going to ask you about. Let's make sure we're clear on that, right? You know, when you, when you go up after 120 years, there's no angel that comes down and says, did you always put your shirts in the same place? <laughs> like it, so I said to her, this is not a value. It's not a value. But functioning is a value. And because it's keeping us from functioning and doing the things that are our values, so then it needs to change. But you're not wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. You're not lacking. You just need to fix this. Make sense? It's the same thing here. If I start creating this like impossible list, like, of course, I need to be the type of wife who's always cleaning out every cabinet and I make $100,000 a year and I have a baby every nine months, (laughs) whatever the thing is that you're putting on that list. Like, are these actually my values or am I just sort of like becoming a sounding board for everything I've ever heard from other people? What are my values? When you get clear on that, that's going to be very inspiring. Finally, I want you to dream about how you want to feel about your marriage. I want you to notice these two things. You're dreaming about what kind of wife you want to be and how you want to feel about your marriage and what you want to feel about your husband. What do we mostly do when we're dreaming, the the not nice dreaming, the not helpful dreaming, is we dream about things that are external to us changing and how we would get to feel if those things changed. If he was different or if our life situation was different or if our house was different, right? I want you to start dreaming about what's in your control. What kind of wife I want to be, how I want to feel about my marriage, how I want to feel about my husband. What do you want to believe about your marriage? You can also believe that you have the best marriage, by the way. I'll share that one. (laughs) Take it. And 
I want you to like, imagine like there's nobody there who's going to tell you that you can't dream this. And when I say imagine, I'm saying that ironically, there is literally no one there who's going to tell you you can't dream something, <laughs> right? No one can tell what you're dreaming about. So be audacious. Imagine that, right? And check for those little thoughts that start to try and tell you you can have that. And just remember that that is just as made up as the dream that you're making up. So which one do you choose to believe? All right, this was quite a bit longer this week. I really am excited to get this workbook out to you all. I am going to give you another workbook this week um, to help walk you through this process. We don't have a ton of questions, but you know what they are. You're going to be walking through that on the workbook. So just go to the episode notes um, right on your podcast player. You'll be able to click the link and you can download the workbook there or go to firstyearmary.com, click on podcast, and then just find this episode and you'll be able to download it. Episode number 119. Last thing, I will be announcing very, very soon my next newlywed mastermind. So if you are a Jewish woman in your first five years of marriage and you haven't worked with me yet, get on that wait list because those women will be finding out first and I'm capping it at six people. That's it. And I would love to work with you. I would love to help you take these dreams and bring them into a reality, help you see how to work with your own mind to create what you want to in your life. All right, my friends. Have an amazing, amazing week, and I will see you back here next week with the last part of Elohim Your Marriage. Be well. Bye-bye.